Well, today, I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 61, and the title of this section um, in the NIV version that I was looking at is The Year of the Lord's Favor. So in Isaiah chapter 61, it says, The Year of the Lord's Favor. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoner to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. So as we begin this uh, message, I think of um, you know, this past week and the inauguration and of course the, the pros and cons of all those things that go across our news screens. And we wonder what on earth going on, you know? We, you know, sometimes people have a differing opinion. Well, no matter what happens in change, we often, people who are changing the most, so to speak, may be the ones who are threatened the most, and therefore, you know, we retaliate or revolt against or push, push back against the changes that are coming in our lives. Well, I think as Christians, we have, we have, an, we have a better ability to adapt with change. Whether we won or lost, we know that God is in control. We know that God is, be, God is with us, and ultimately we are going to fulfill God's plan. And no person or no election or no individual is going to take the world in a direction that God doesn't have in mind for it to go. So we pray for those in power. We pray that God would bless them and give them wisdom, as we have done always. So whether we think we've won or whether we think we've lost, our, our mission is to pray to pray that God would be with us and that God would be with our nation, God would be with our politicians. And the Bible says that we are to pray for those who are in power over us so that we could be at peace. You know, God put the, the, the system of checks and balances, the laws, into place to govern our societies so that the poor would be taken care of, the rich would not, you know, they would be held in check, that we would not abuse the giftings that we have. So that's why, you know, the, ultimately the, 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 um, the um, governing system is, is set up by God. Before God and the children of Israel and the laws, we had people living in their own, you know, he who had the biggest club ruled, and not social club, bat, ball bat, club, power, those were the ones who ruled. But it was God's law that brought, or, uh, brought um, order out of chaos. And as we've been studying the book of Romans, um, Romans is probably, in the, in, the, in the commentaries, they were stating that the book of Romans is probably the most influential book on Roman society, on the uh, American culture, Eastern European and European culture and American culture. The book of Romans has had the greatest impact. So a lot of our society, whether people want to admit it or not, comes from the Bible. And the Bible and our relationship with God becomes the foundation upon which we stand. So whether we agree or disagree, with the person or people in charge, we are to pray for them. We're to pray that God's will would be accomplished in our lives and we pray for peace in our nation and peace in the minds and hearts of those who are making the decisions. So um, as we look at the um, way that our society goes, uh, we are not to follow our society. We are to follow our, our um, 
As much as it lies within our power, we are to be at peace with all men. So we are to be at peace with one another, agree or disagree. We are to be at peace with all men, knowing and following, as it were, the only time that we as Christians are to rebel against the society that we live in is when it breaks the, the, the rules that God has established. And of course, Christians are most... <laughs> 98, 99%, I would believe, are against abortion and against um, you know, taking the life of, of a child. But we know that God is in charge you know, in our lives, and we pray that God would work in us so that we can fulfill the plan of God and purpose of God. Um, in our society, in the Old Testament society, the priests uh, were individuals who stood between God and man and, you know, represented the people to God, represented God to the people. And they were the priesthood of the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we have that we are all priests unto the Lord, meaning that we are the priests of our lives, where we offer our prayers, offer the sacrifice of praise, where we offer our life as a living sacrifice to God. So we are in this place where we are the priests of our own lives. And so we are then growing and learning about the scriptures so that we can offer ourselves unto the Lord, so that we can live with the right attitude and the right perspectives, so that we can allow God to move in, in our hearts and lives. So we stand, as it were, between God and those who are lost. We represent God to them and to their lives. And so our prayer is that God would bless us so that we are capable of bringing the message of Jesus Christ to those who are lost. So wherever we are at, whether it's in our conversations, in our neighborhoods, no matter where it is, that we are recognizing God's blessing upon our life. That God has blessed us with his divine favor. He's blessed us with his presence, with his word, with an understanding. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. I remember um, in, in Bible school, uh, there was one or two individuals that had this as their primary verse, you know. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. That, well, basically, that, and that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And that was their scripture. And I thought, boy, aren't they a little arrogant, you know. <laughs> God has chosen me to, to take the message of God, uh, uh, you know, and I thought, you know, of course I was wrong. <laughs> no, I don't think I was. But no, <laughs> I was wrong, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that that's the only time in my life, but there was another time, I think. That's a joke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So God's Spirit, you know, everything we know of God, God has taught us. You know, that we have the ability to understand, we have the ability to comprehend, we have an, an intellectual understanding, and we are, there, there are those, it's, it always amazes me whenever I uh, hear a lecturer or a professor or someone talk about theology and so on, and they, they can do it in such a way, it's like, it's baffling <laughs> that they have such an intellectual understanding and, and a power of, of thought and, and presentation that they can, they can give you these things, and it's like, wow, I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, the, the sovereign Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has given us each 
our purpose and our plan. If God wanted you to be six inches taller, you would be. <laughs> if he wanted you to be, you know, a higher IQ, you would be. <laughs> if he wanted you to do certain, you know, so we, we live our life knowing that we are exactly the person that God wants us to be. So in this place where God wants me to be, it is the spirit of the sovereign Lord, sovereign Lord, that God has chosen to bless us a certain way that his sovereignty and that his authority is never used in an abusive or harsh manner to destroy. Everything that God does has the redemptive character to it, a redemptive quality to it. When, when God uh, was placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he gave them the ability or the choice of the tree of, uh, of, the tree of life, but he also gave them the choice of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and you see, so he gave people the ability to choose, but he himself is the sovereign one who establishes it, and he knows our thoughts, and he knows our needs, but we still make the choices. Um, so Adam and Eve sinned. They, they were driven out of the garden. They were driven out of the garden so that they would not eat of the tree of life. Because if they had eaten of the tree of life, they would have lived forever, as it were, in their sin. And God was saying, nope, since you've broken the law, you die spiritually, you die physically, you're separated from me. But God then, in that act of separation, also brought in the act of redemption because Adam and Eve left the garden. They were clothed in animal skins, meaning that there was a sacrifice for their sins as they left and were going on, to, going on in life. In our life, the sovereign Lord has brought us to this place. The sovereign Lord has brought us to this place. You are the exact person you're supposed to be. You can be a little better, but that's the whole point of growing. So if we looked at this and said, God is saying to us, you are right where you need to be for this point and period of your life. Now let's pick it up and let my spirit work through you. This is where you say amen, okay? <laughs> God wants to do a work in you. You know, God wants to, yes, thank you, that's it. God wants to do a work in you. He wants to do a work through you. And we, we were discussing this in Sunday school about um, often we use the idea of faith. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say under this mountain, be moved, you're moved, okay? Well, we look at that and say, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much faith do you have? Well, we have, I, I look at it another way. For, for ladies would understand this, you're either pregnant or you're not. <laughs> you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, are you pregnant? <laughs> See, yeah, you know, you know the answer. No, I'm not. Well, if you are, you are. There is no yes and no. There's only yes and no. There's not, well, 0. 0.5. <laughs> no, it's yes or no. So the idea then is our faith, if we have enough faith to ask God for forgiveness, we have enough faith. If you have enough faith to pray and ask God to direct your life, you have enough faith. Because if you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be asking. Now, you can say, I don't believe that God can forgive me. Well, that's your faith. <laughs> your faith declaring that you have excluded yourself from God's forgiveness. God hasn't excluded you. Your faith, your belief has. So our belief is that the sovereign Lord is with me. The sovereign Lord. He could have... <laughs> 
You know, he could have, he could have done so much better <laughs> with somebody else. You know, he could have, no, he couldn't. He, he, he has us chosen for his specific part and plan that we have in the kingdom of God. And where we are at is exactly where we need to be in order to bring about the plan of God for our life and the lives of the people that we touch. So, the Lord has anointed. The anointing is something that God himself gives. You know, we often think of it in the Old Testament where the kings were anointed, the prophet would anoint them with oil and pray over them. Well, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is that God himself has prayed, as it were, prayed for us, that he is ever interceding for us. God intercedes for us and he anoints us with his spirit that the, the, the anointing oil of God's presence flows down over our lives so that we are anointed to go forth and to do the work of God. I heard an illustration once about a spider. <laughs> Do you ever know a spider can make its web and it doesn't get stuck in its own web? <laughs> How is it that a spider can make a web that's sticky and not get stuck? Well, to answer that question, <laughs> I have a spider here. No. <laughs> <laughs> A spider produces oil that goes down its legs and on it the, its little hairs or tentacles and feet or whatever they are, that it can move across its web and never be stuck in it because of the oil that's on its feet and legs or whatever they're called, and the, the, its little hairs, so that a fly or anything else gets into that web, it's stuck. But you see, it, can, it created this and it can move across it without any harm to itself. In our lives, God is at work in our lives and he has anointed us to move in and out of our life as it were and in and out of our daily lives and not get stuck in it. How many times have you heard people, I think I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck. You know, I'm stuck in the cobwebs of my life. No. <laughs> you heard about the, 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 the guy that was, came to the altar and he was always praying, God, clear the cobwebs from my mind. I told you this before, but if you forgot, I'll tell you again. He's praying, God, clear the cobwebs from my mind. Week after week, he's a God, play, clear the cobwebs from my mind. Finally, the preacher come up and laid hands on him and says, God, kill the spider. <laughs> so get rid of the, you know, get rid of the whatever's causing you to get stuck. Allow God to unstuck you. <laughs> that the anointing of God's presence, the anointing of God's word, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is upon us that we can see things differently. Where other people see things that are not good, you can see something good. Whenever we are giving thanks to God, we are, are adjusting our lenses, our spiritual lenses, as it were, and we're looking for the good that is in what we're experiencing. Because God has said he will work all things together for good to those who love God, to those who know that they are called. You see, God knows who we are and he knows exactly where we're at and this place that we are in is not a surprise. So therefore, the person of God, the Holy Spirit, the blessing of God, the oil of his gladness, the oil of his spirit flows over our lives and we don't get stuck in our life. Imagine that. What has he done? He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. The poor uh, in this verse are not necessarily the poor who are without money. 
the ones who are in this voice, this ver- is the spiritually bankrupt. The people who are spiritually bankrupt, God has anointed us to help them get unstuck in their life. Those who are spiritually bankrupt, God has given us the message to give them in their life where they can find hope. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. We have a mission. We have a mission. So we have a purpose. So no matter where we are at in our life, we still have a purpose. If our purpose was done, we'd be in heaven. Okay, so until we get to heaven, you still have a purpose here. And it's not to get stuck, it's to be filled with, covered with the Spirit so that we are unsticking our life and applying God's goodness to where we are at. Because in everything I give thanks, I'm giving thanks for this, as it were, cobweb that has been built around me and therefore the oil is flowing through me and I am unstuck from what I thought was a hold up, a hang up, a terrible thing in my life. I now see it differently and I'm able to walk over it and around it and make it work. God will make it work in my life because I'm giving thanks. So we are here. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Those who have been hurt, brokenhearted, those who have had dreams and they've been shattered, to those who have given up, to those who have no hope, God is there to give them hope through you, through your spirit, the spirit of God in you. So we all have a purpose. So God then, we have to be obedient to God's law, not to make God happy, but to help us live the life correctly. You see, I'm not making God happy because I say the right things, I go to the right places, and I tell everybody where to go. (laughs) Go to heaven? Okay, so I tell people where they are to end up in life. I tell people where they, you know, that God is with them. I I, I pray that they have peace. I pray that God's strength be with them for each day. And they feel a liberty, a peace where they are at. They're unstuck in their sickness or in in, in their bed. So God is giving that very same thing to us, that we are, let the weak say they are strong. You see, in our weakness, we think we're stuck in our weakness. But you know what? As I give thanks to God, the oil of God's spirit now, as it were, lubricates my, my walk to the point that I am unstuck. Let the poor say I am rich. My poverty doesn't hold me. God holds me. And he has a place for me to serve him. What else? And release from the darkness, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Sin's darkness, sin's, sin's place that holds people captive. The ball and chain of sin. They, the the, the um, <laughs> vines of sin that have grown into people's lives you know they feel that they are so entangled with it and they they are in this darkness away from god well we just bring the light in the light of christ our smile our handshake our confidence our understanding that god is with us we have something the world doesn't have the people who are afraid the world's going to come to an end because they have this president or they don't have this president or this guy in Russia or the guy in China or, or, or North Korea. You know, somebody's going to really disrupt this place. No. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think it's kind of I, 
probably it's God's, I, I consider it ironic, but um, in God's eyes, the, the, the largest church in the world is in South Korea. <laughs> and a few hundred miles away is the principle of darkness. <laughs> and here you have the extreme difference, the extreme difference of darkness and light, of freedom and bondage. And the people in power don't know that they're in bondage. And it's a sad place. But here we have in this one stretch of land that where the, where the people in, in South Korea, one man was saying this years ago, he says, if you want to hear people pray, he says, you should go to the Korean church. He said, I've never heard people pray so much and so fervently in my entire life when the pastor says pray. I mean, they, he said, there you are, praying and, you know, interceding and, you know, they just immediately they break into this this spontaneous prayer. And it's something how that here they are so close to danger, but yet so close to God. So in our lives, we may be close to danger or what we would consider failure, but we're not. Because the sovereign Lord is with me. Okay? Always remember that. The sovereign Lord is with me. He is sovereign above everything else. He is God. I am His. I am safe forevermore. So we then, we release people from darkness, not we, the Word of God through us releases them from darkness to to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the time of God's favor from Jesus Christ, from the, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ till he returns again. This is this time of divine favor because this is the time of grace. This is a time of mercy. This is a time of God fulfilling his call upon the people where in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall have visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. This is it. <laughs> Whether you think you're young or old, we're in this place of blessing where, we, where God is going to speak to our hearts and lives, where God is going to open doors, God is going to close doors, God is going to take us down the path. The sovereign Lord is going to guide us, and we walk in assurance knowing that we're not stuck. <laughs> I am not stuck on the path of life. I am walking the path of life. And as I walk the path every day, God wants me to be grateful, <laughs> give thanks with a grateful heart. So I pray every morning, God, bless this day. Let your anointing of your spirit flow over my life and don't allow me to get stuck in any situation. Because the same, it can be the same situation, but when the oil of God's spirit is upon our life, those situations can't ensnare us. <laughs> I am free. I am free. You see, when I think of yesterday, when I'm reminded of yesterday, thinking that yesterday is really holding me back, I got the wrong thoughts. God is preparing us for tomorrow by living through us today and putting in place the dreams and the aspirations of what we need, where we need to go, what we need to do, and how that God's favor and blessing is upon our life to make us, to help us to become that person where we can freely move. 
I can freely move in and around my life and I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to fear what man can do. I don't need to fear what the devil can do because the anointing of God's Spirit is all over my life. God's Spirit, the anointing of God's Spirit is all over my life. The anointing of God's Spirit is all over our life. And God will bring about his, the fulfillment of his will and his purpose. He's a sovereign Lord. You want to be Jonah? Go, try it. Take off running in the opposite direction. See what the sovereign Lord does. <laughs> you know? You want to run away from God? Take off. You'll see how far you get. Because God has a purpose for your life and his calling upon your life is without reproach. Meaning that what God has given to you in your heart and your life to do, that no matter how old you are, no matter how far away you go, it never changes. It never changes. See, God has called me to be, I, I don't like, I, I guess a preacher, an expositor, uh, whatever it is that I do. <laughs> and no matter how far I go, I can never be out of that calling because no, I, I can't retire from my calling <laughs> because it never ends. It doesn't go away when I hit 70. Can you believe that? 70? Can you believe? I can't believe it. 70? That's only a couple of years. My gosh, I'm too young to be 70. <laughs> you know? yeah, I'm too young to be old. Where's Bob at? Bob says, when I was your age, you know, he's talked to the kids, you're 12, 13. He says, when I was your age, I was 21, you know? <laughs> so he's not here to pick on, so I'll just tell him that. But I'm, oh, here I'm 70. When I was 70, I was 18. <laughs> 70 is the new 50 or a new 40, whatever you want to make it. I don't know. But anyhow, we find that we are here to proclaim the Lord's favor. But to proclaim the Lord's favor, we have to accept it. I can't tell you about God's forgiveness without accepting it. I can't tell you of God's blessing in your life without recognizing that I'm blessed. I can't tell you to let go of your past if I'm still holding on to my past. So I am proclaiming the, the, the year of the Lord's favor and the divine favor of God is upon my life, meaning that he is there to bless me, so he's going there to provide for me, he's there, his grace is sufficient for me. That, you know, the grace, the unmerited favor of God is there with me. He, you know, we're all this very special. You know, we're, we're the apple of his eye, meaning each one of us are extremely special to God. I am God's favorite child, but so are you. <laughs> See, we think that only one in the family can be that. But in the eyes of God, we're all his favorite. I remember this story, and I don't put a lot of stock in Stories where people have died and gone to heaven and come back and they saw the light and all that kind of stuff. If it matches up with God's word, it's good. If it doesn't match up with God's word, just let it go alone. But this one guy died, went to heaven, and you know he's, he's conscious of being there. He's conscious of getting to heaven. He's conscious of that his body is there in the operating room or wherever it's at. I forget. But anyhow, he's conscious of this, and he's conscious of being in the presence of God. And how that he and God are just like, 
he has God's undivided attention and he's just talking to God and God's talking to him and is aware and he's going through this whole thing and he notices that the whole place is full of people. And they're all doing the same thing he's doing. And that he looks around and he understands that every one of these people have God's undivided attention. <laughs> and he says, God, <laughs> how can you do this? And the response that came to his spirit was, there's enough of me that should any per every person who has ever lived or will ever live approach me at the same time, the exact same moment, I can give to every one of them my undivided attention. See, that's how you can become. Nope. That's how you are God's very special child. You have God's undivided attention. And if you, were the you or I were the only person who have ever, ever lived, Jesus would have died for us. <laughs> and so our sins are forgiven individually. Our relationship with God is individually. But we recognize as an individual I'm part of the body of Christ. We're not eliminated. We're not isolated. We're not out on a desert island stranded by ourselves in our midst with me and God and my poor world. <laughs> this is God and I together in my world that is full of riches and grace and blessing and, and favor. <laughs> For God's grace, his mercy, his provision, his blessing, his restoration, it's all upon my life. Just sometimes I get it mixed up. But God has never been mixed up. The day of vengeance. The day of vengeance is when Christ comes back and the time of judgment is upon the world. We're not there yet. We're still in the time of God's favor. And in this place, we want to be open to be receptive of the anointing of God's spirit upon our life that we don't get stuck in the webs of life we are opening our hearts that we can be receptive of the divine mercy, divine provision, divine blessing, and God will bestow upon us <laughs> a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The ashes are for those who are broken and weeping. Our broken and weeping, we don't have brokenness and weeping because we have hope. Parts of our life can be disappointed. People we love may go to heaven but all of that we do not grieve as those who have no hope. God heals the brokenhearted. He restores life. He sets at liberty those that are captive. Here we are in the place of God's presence, here in our hearts and lives, and he just wants us to focus on him, to recognize we are the apple of his eye. His divine favor rests upon our life. The anointing of his spirit is upon me, and I am not stuck in my past. I am not stuck in my present. I am filled with his spirit and love, and his provision is upon my life, and I will ask and receive of his blessing, not only to bless me, but his blessing would be upon me to bless others. For he is the one who's given it to us. Amen? Do we receive it? Yes, Lord, <laughs> we do. Let's stand, shall we? <laughs> Let the weak say, I am strong. <laughs> Let the poor say, I'm rich. 
because, because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon our lives. God, we confess our sins and ask you to forgive us. God, we have faith to believe that nothing is impossible because we believe in you, and you, O oh God, stir up the gift that you've given us that we can't allow it to lie dormant anymore. God, you touch it and stir it, and God, we believe. Just simply, we believe. And we ask, Lord, for your guidance upon our lives and upon all that we do, that we might receive of these blessings so that we may bless others and bring honor and glory and set the captives free by your word and your spirit. Amen? Give somebody a handshake, a hug, and say, God bless you. <laughs>